Hi everybody, Brent here. I just want to step in uh, before this episode and drop a little message here. Um, it has been a while since we had an episode. We're still recording, we're still doing sessions. We had some technical difficulties um, between the last release and this one, and I unfortunately lost a session. Now, luckily for everyone listening at home, it was a uh, one recording link session, so it wasn't two or three episodes missing, just one, and I'm going to briefly fill you in right here. The fellas, essentially, they decided they wanted to go to Choria first. They landed on Choria. They essentially just met a bunch of uh, Chorian bigwigs high up in the church, um, explored sort of the architecture of Choria, and you kind of learn a little bit more about Chorians in general, but nothing too important to anything coming up in the future. Um, they also met a scientist that was currently studying uh, a creature known in Choria mythology as the Bagabushi, and they agreed to uh, trade him a ship or a ride in a ship or something crazy. The man's a little off kilter. And uh, turn for him taking them to one of the last sites of an attack on a wind tree um, attributed to the Bagabushi, or at least by this scientist fella. And that's kind of where we pick up um, on this episode. So I'm sorry, really sorry about that. And... Uh, it shouldn't happen moving forward, uh, and there shouldn't be any gaps in episode releases moving forward any, either, because I've sort of clarified a lot of problems I've had with this show in particular about getting it to the feed and a bunch of weird things, because it is a little different setup than how we do the main show. But either way, uh, thank you for listening, and enjoy this episode. The RPG Show presents A Fate Core Campaign can a balance be struck between science and mysticism? What truly lies in the impenetrable space between the specks of light and the sky? Can three unsuspecting heroes stem the tide of impending evil? Will light find a way to fight back the cold, threatening darkness of space? Find out on this episode of The Dramada Adventures. Hi, and welcome to this episode of The RPG Show Presents. My name's Brent. I'm your host. This is the show where we sit down and we play tabletop games. I almost said where we rate, review, and talk about RPGs, but that's the other show. It's not this show. Anyway, with me today... I have four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. First up, we have Marcus Reese's Perez. What's happening, brother? Hey, I'm doing good. That's excellent. Next up, we have Nick Peanut Gantner. What are you doing? The fuck? I hate peanuts. Why do you hate peanuts? Because they suck. Whatever, fuck off. Then we have (laughs) Daniel Butter Jordan. What's happening? Butter. Yeah. Because that leads us to our, our fourth and newest host. We have Joe Cups Gerber. What's happening, man? Hey, how's it going? Peanuts are awesome, by the way. Especially Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Yeah. yeah. They're amazing. Uh, wow. Joe, Joe, what, 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 whatever. Uh, Joe is our newest addition to the show. Um, Joe, 
How many? Uh, have you? What, tell me. Tell me about uh, your experience with playing tabletop games. Any? Some? A little bit? What do you got? I mean, jeez. Uh, when I was a children, my friend, who I house I'd go over to all the time, mm-hmm. their parents were almost constantly hosting like D and D parties, but they would never let me play. Like, what's up with that? You got to teach the childrens early, man. The corruption begins young. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that's that's awesome. Well, um. I'm glad you could join us to our fate campaign here. Uh, we'll learn a little bit more about Joe's character in oh, a yeah. little bit. Um, but first glad up, to be here. we have a thing. We got iTunes reviews, guys. Like, that was a thing that happened. Um, and we are excited about it. I'll take the first one here. Um, it says Dungeons and Dick Jokes. Five stars by our friend uh, Retro Kel, because it says from Kelvin's here, and we know who that is. But anyway, uh, you like Roll Roll? What's that? What's that? Is it me, or would that be a great name for a spinoff show? Dungeons and Dick Jokes? I I thought about it, but, you know, I I, I didn't think we could keep up on the dick joke quota, so I was like, whatever. I don't know. I'm sure your Nick's got a handful of them. Hey-oh! Just a handful of dicks. (laughs) That's about it. <laughs> um, but I've got two handfuls of them. Thank you very much. Um, uh, but he said, "You like role playing? Listen to this podcast. If you hate children, puppies, America, and once beat an elderly black woman to death with her own shoe, that's oddly specific. But if it applies, we don't want your kind hanging around. Go listen to the Nerdist. Wow! Shots fired at the Nerdist. We're not doing that. A listener did that. We don't want to start no fights. But." Thank you very much, uh, Blaine, for leaving us that review. Uh, next up, we have a very lovely review. Um, Marcus, would you kind of mind uh, taking that one for me? Yep. We have um, a review from Holland Dunn. And they said, uh, I've never played a tabletop RPG before, um, but I really want to get into it. I don't know anyone who plays, so I'm basically teaching myself. Having never played before, I started looking for podcasts that I couldn't listen to to learn about RPGs. Uh, this podcast has been great to listen to. I understand not all RPGs are the same, but I'm really enjoying listening to this. The futuristic scene these guys created sounds awesome. The characters are interesting. While I listen, I just wish I was playing with them. Uh, thanks for doing this. I hope you keep it up, Heather. Thank you very much for that review, Heather. That was very kind of you. Um, and we hope you learn a little more than just dick jokes listening to this show. Yeah. Well, uh, that's not going to happen, though. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's probably not. But uh, here's where we're hey, at. Because I'm going to ask a question um, from our three existing players, um, not from our new one. But it's been two months since we played. I've got $5 for somebody that remembers where we left off. I can. Damn, I think I might owe Nick $5, but uh, why don't you fill us in? What happened last time? Drum roll, please. All right, this isn't going to be very descriptive. I've only got the like the high notes well, kind of thing. You're fired. This Whatever. does not qualify for the $5 prize package. I don't give a shit. Does anybody know any more than this? Well, if, look, how about this? I will give what I know, and then if there's any big significant things missing, other people can fill in the details. Does that work? Sounds legit to me. All righty. So if memory serves, we were up in the hidden base tower thing with the cripple lady. And okay. uh, we decided to go on. We, had a, we were presented with a bunch of missions. We were we decided to go to the, fuck, what's this planet called? Chara. Uh, Chara, that's right. Uh, and there 
we were supposed to figure out uh, the source of some weird thing that was going on. Uh, we landed there. We met some of the locals. Uh, we were brought to a bar by the one guy. I think may have gotten into a pissing contest with somebody. Can't remember exactly. But we left, went to a shadier bar. And there we met a contact who pointed us in the direction of this weird mad scientist guy who was like less mad scientist, more like bookie, nerd, crazy person. Uh, we broke into his house, uh, found a bunch of research in, in the wall, uh, like stuff on the walls, stuff on the like in the bookshelves. And we learned like there's like some big demon thing that was like part of the history of the natives to Chora. And I think we were on our way to figure out how to stop it. Excellent. Or like fight it or some shit. Excellent. Sounds like a sounds like a plan. All right. Does anybody else remember anything differently? Because that's what I remember. Anybody? Got you anything? remember a lot more than I did. Yeah, that was like that was very descriptive. Nice. All right. Well, Nick to the rescue, and the rest of you are fired for not taking, for not taking notes. You didn't fire me. I quit. Okay. All right. Um. So. Yeah, you guys were on your way with uh, the crazy scientist in tow to figure out how to stop this um, thing. If I'm not, if I don't remember, if I remember correctly, you guys might have promised him a ship um, somewhere oh. in there. Oh yeah, that was my fault. That's, no, no, we promised him a ride on a ship. Uh, okay, we promised him a ride on a ship. Okay, all right, fair enough. Um, but you guys have been traveling for I would say about two weeks slowly um moving away from the coast you're going deeper into the forest uh you've managed not to kill your scientist friend uh no matter how annoying he talks and you um have started to actually go deeper into the forest you've started to leave the canopy little towns and waypoints that you've been traveling across and have reached a uh essentially a station it's like a wooden platform with um ladders on all sides of the trees that will decline that take you basically down to the next level of the tree canopy um so that's currently where you are and as you travel like so as you get down on this next level there's still sunlight but it's very shady down here but you can sort of get a better picture of the forest floor from this canopy and it is it's very dark down there um very little sunlight makes it so there's very little underbrush essentially you have the bases of the trees there's not um you can see some fungus growing on around the bases of the trees every now and then you get a glimpse of both small and large beasts running and scurrying between the trees, chasing each other, eating each other, that kind of thing. Um, and I would say you have begun down a very long, if like there was a, a highway of rope bridges, that's currently where you're at, continuing to head, uh, say, east, further inland from the, um, from the Mercatoral Ocean of Chora. All right, well, uh, approximately how long, how much longer do we reach our destination? Do we know? Uh, you could ask your friend. I don't remember who had the... All right, well, I, I'm trying to remember. The navigation plan was to reach one of the uh, wind trees or flute trees in order to investigate the damage done to it. Is that correct? Is that what I'm remembering you guys were doing? 
It, well, if it wasn't, it's what we're doing now. All right. So um, you're probably still two days' journey from the first uh, attacked wind tree. All right. So, uh, <laughs> like, does anybody uh, have any opinions on uh, what we're going to be doing when we get there? Uh, we're going to scout things out before we do anything. I don't like uh, person and shit like this, unlike certain assassins. Wait, say that again? I said, I don't like running headfirst into shit. I don't know what's going on, unlike certain assassins. Well, there's no fun in not having a little bit of uh, mystery to every little mission. If by fun you mean death, uh... Well, we've been fine so far. The only the only troubling issue we ever had was when I may have fallen, like, busted into that room where y'all were having a meeting. Which, you know, if I knew y'all were there, I would have knocked first. I do agree uh, we should proceed cautiously, though. Okay. Um, you continue to travel, uh, bickering, if you will. But as you do get closer to your destination, your uh, Marcus, your little wrist interface, begins to um, make an indication sound. Okay, so what is this uh, message? Is it a message? It is not a message. Um, if you remember correctly, you calibrated your uh, sensor array to pick up on signals similar to uh, the one that you received in that message, the one that uh, let out that eerie noise that uh, sapped all electronic devices nearby. This is picking up something like that, but it is the opposite end of the spectrum. So, so instead of being like soul fucking, it's like soul giving. Well, if you were to if you were to chart it on a on a wave, as his equipment would, it is the opposite wave. So it's reacting to. The uh, the signal that I have. No, it's just your 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 sensor array is now picking up this signal. I think that's a we should probably head that way. Let's do it. Wherever that's right taking us. Ready. All right. So this is this is because we're getting closer to the wind tree thing. Here's the problem. They could be connected. Um, it is headed perpendicular to the direction of the tree. And it is, uh, there is no rope bridge headed that direction. Okay, so the source is not at the wind tree. It's, is it perpend- it's perpendicular, perpendicular to our path to the wind tree? Mm-hmm. Headed north, essentially. Maybe we uh, can find a, a way there through the wind tree. I guess there's no way over there now. Uh, Dr. Dude. Mm-hmm, yeah. What's your name again? Fuck, that's a good question. I hope I wrote it down, guys. I'm bad at this. God damn it, DM. I'm bad at this. Uh, bad at this. We'll call you Morty from now on. I'm a fucking adventure in the woods. I'm. I might as. Oh, it's uh um Dr. Gerstall. 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 Are there any methods of transportation like uh, avian in nature around here? <laughs> Not big enough to ride. No. 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 
What about any uh, technological advances? Like any like speeder bikes or anything like that? I'm not sure what you're talking about. I have no 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 idea. What about like a hover bike, a hover plane, anything that could like transverse the uh, the dead space that the bridges are uh, connected to? All transports are too big to to see. Tree canopy is too uh, too many leaves and sticks and stuff. So you have to go to you know you know ports and without port there you travel by foot. All right. Is there a way to the ground floor? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, the surface of the planet. We. I don't. I, I. 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 I wouldn't go down there. But I suppose. I suppose you could climb down a tree, or you could find a ladder or a rope ladder. You can make something. That's always a possibility. Always make a rope. All right. Well, how about we we keep going to the wooden tree, see if there's any paths that diverge off there. If not, then we'll we'll think of something then, and then we can also track the. The signal, uh, as long as he is, he can save the the initial point where we got the um, the signal first. If it's running perpendicular to us, it'll either meet us or it'll diverge further away. So we can track that and then plan out what we'll do next. Does that sound all right? That's me. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. All right, so we will proceed to the wind tree, flute tree. All right, so you keep on marching to the flute tree, um, leaving the transmitting signal sort of behind to the north. And, well, that would make it to the northwest at this point. And as you get closer to the flute tree, the sun continues to, like, the sun begins to set on this particular day. Um, Now, where you, this is the furthest you have been from any civilized town. Like, you are sort of getting out into the wilds of Chora. Um, There are a few primitive, you know, city, Chorian locations throughout the main um, continent of Chora, but none of them are as like you left um, from that, that main station you landed on. Um, You are, so this is very dark. There's no lights. There's no luminescence other than what you've brought. Um, as the Hold on, I thought the the flute trees were like revered. Wouldn't there be like some kind of shrine or something? Um, you they are religious like pilgrimage locations. So like um, you would travel like religious groups travel to the trees, and there's probably a small group of people living at those trees. Like you know, like a small, you know, like a a leader of worship and a few attendants. Like they're not, um. While they are large trees, they've been carved completely out to emanate the the music that they do. Gotcha. Um, so you continue traveling um, towards this tree. And as it gets darker, um, you hear a lot more activity below you. Um, you can sort of see... There's enough starlight and moonlight to sort of keep the um, the ropeway mostly lit to see enough, plus whatever light sources you brought. But now what's below you is it's completely pitch black. You can't see anything down there. And you hear a lot of noises. And um, just you can tell there's plenty of activity on the 
planet's surface. I guess it's good we didn't go down there. We can always change that. <clears throat> but do you continue um, traveling, or do you break for the night? What are you doing? Well, we're on a rope bridge, right? Well, we can't right? see anything during the day either, can we? Isn't it dark? Well, imagine, imagine like it's wide enough to, like, you know, a, half a dozen people can walk side to side. It's it's a very large bridge. I think he said that you, it's it's shaded, like heavily shaded, but there's still some places where light goes through. Because he said we uh, we saw some animals and stuff before, mm-hmm. but now it's just yeah. pitch black. Mm-hmm. Okay, then yeah, I'd say we should probably break for the night. We don't want to wander into something nocturnal. Okay. All right. Are we setting up a perimeter, like having somebody keep watch? I think that's probably the best idea. Who wants first watch? I'll take first watch. Why not? I can set up a ward that can keep beasts away. Or we could do that. Sure. Why don't you roll me a crafting? Or crafts. All right. So it's that plus um, four, no? Whatever your craft skill is. So three. All right. Um, you set up a rough uh, detection perimeter. It's not going to keep anything out, but you'll be alerted long before anything gets within, you know, um, striking distance of you. All right, that's good. You guys comfortable with that? I am. What does this perimeter look like? Oh, well, this is, you know, it's like a uh, like a little beacon that just kind of emits a sound wave. Interesting. And then um, when the uh, the wave bounces back. Radar. Yeah, basically. All right. It's an externally projecting radar. All right. Uh, so Nick was first to watch, right? I'm going to hunker well, down with my, my rifle across my lap. All right. Uh, um, I, I believe I was first watch, but then he said he wanted to put up a perimeter, so I'm like, well, what's the point of a, a watch now? Okay, so no watch. Um, I disagree with that. I think we should have a watch just as a backup. I mean, what happens if... It's not like this guy doesn't have a track record of, of inventions that don't work. Nice. Burn. I haven't seen anything that doesn't work yet. Well, let's just suffice it to say that I have. Alright, well then I will keep first watch then. Okay. Uh, Nick, would you roll me a notice check, please? Uh, negative one. After you add your skill into it? Yeah, I rolled three ones, or two minuses. Ooh, that's rough. Nick has no idea what the fuck's going on. So, uh... But I, I, my notice checks incur no penalties when something has intent to harm myself or the party, so... Okay, well, who said that... I know that, but who said that anything intends to harm you as of as of now? It's, it's just in, it, in the event that something does intend to harm us, then I will, I will be okay. Uh, well, nothing... Uh, everything goes uneventfully during your watch. Fantastic. All right, so I'll wake up uh, Daniel and make him do the shit. Okay. I will stand up, stretch, and uh, control the perimeter. All right. Roll me a notice, please. Four. Uh, which one is notice? Four, four, um, four fudge dice plus your notice skill. Your notice skill is your notice skill. If it's not on, if it's not on your, if it's not on your skill pyramid, then it's a plus zero. Okay, then I have a uh, plus one. Okay, 
Um, all you really hear is the soft chirping of Marcus's uh, of Maylor Satan's uh, uh, radar beacon thing. Okay, I just can continue my, my patrol. All right, your patrol goes uneventfully. All right, at the end of my patrol, I go and uh, shake Marcus awake. All right. Maylor, Satan, you're on patrol. Uh, well, I stretch and just kind of look around. All right. Feeling very rested. Roll me a notice, please. Uh, minus one. Damn, y'all are bad at noticing things. That's all right. <laughs> uh, you're watch- tired. Your watch goes uneventfully. Okay, is it now morning? It is now morning. Nothing happens that night. But uh, you continue on your trek, or what are we doing here? I'm going to continue on our... I'd say we, we break camp, pack up... Um, Leave-us at dawn. Okay. Uh, you travel most of the morning to the said flute tree. Um, as you get closer, you can sort of see where the, it sort of clears up a bit in distance where the, uh, rope sort of splits around this particular structure in the distance. Um, you're too far away to notice any details immediately, but, um, as you get closer, the noise, that soft humming, soothing noise that came from the large, uh, cathedral tree and the main city now, um, you can hear something like that, but it sounds distorted and broken. And as you get close, you can tell why. Because the tree that would normally have these holes carved in it, and as the wind blows through it makes this, you know, soothing music, has almost been twisted and gnarled in half. It looks like uh, it has been broken into a couple pieces, and they lay across, you know, close by trees breaking completely severing the walkway um that goes to the right of the the flute tree that's harsh what well, could have done this it's got to be massive uh we approach the to look around for signs okay you want to look around for signs everyone can roll me an investigate roll what could have happened i got a two okay yeah i have a negative three okay Oh, okay, I got a, a six. Wow. Wow, you did roll four pluses, you bastard. Mm-hmm. All right, um, <clears throat> Nick, you notice, Daniel notices nothing. Like, he's like, huh, looks like a big creature come through here and knocked a tree down over. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Nick notices um, next to some of the cracked bark and wood, it appears that... Um, there are multiple cuts in the wood, uh, and Marcus looks even closer and realizes that whatever did this was in fact not one large creature, but a swarm of creatures. Oh, God. Interesting. Can we uh, approximate the size of these creatures? Mm, probably. Like, can he... Because as a scientist, is he able... Actually, you know what? Maylor, as a scientist... Are you able to discern the, uh, like, differentiate between the, the markings of these beasts and determine, like, a length of, like, talon? And then from that, 
extrapolate that out into approximate size of a beast? Well, I'd say based on the um, on the gashes, uh, they're probably the size of a chimpanzee. Probably a little bigger. Probably yeah, give uh, about all right five five feet high, five feet tall with um, multiple uh, multiple finger claw attachments. Okay. Um, uh, Can you say how many there, there might be in this group? It's hard It'd be to hundreds. tell. All right. Well, uh, I think we're done this here. This amount of damage. Yeah, we should probably get out of here. Like, uh, sorry, uh, but we're not gonna be able to. We're not gonna be able to figure this one out. Let's go. Okay. Uh, so, no, but, ser- but seriously. Is this where the tome is? No, I think we were, we were trying to figure out like the first. What was that? So get the professor. He's he's over in one of those corners with a like magnifying glass the size of his face out, like looking at one of the broken corners of wood. He would probably know what the fuck's going on. All right, well, why don't you talk to him then? Hey, we're busy. Professor. We're... Hmm. Yes, multiple. Very dangerous. Hmm. 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 Professor, tune in for a second. Hmm. Hmm. He pulls out a little knife and he like scrapes off a piece of the bark and he puts it in a little tube and puts it in his pocket. And he pulls out a little piece of uh, like parchment and he's like scribbling notes. And then he pulls out another one and he's doing like a, like a chalk rubbing of the scratches. Then he starts... Professor, what's your... What's your uh, analysis of the situation? Hmm. Well, well, well. You see, it's it's definitely hard to tell, but it could be what it could be. Maybe, maybe, perhaps the myths don't say anything about it, but maybe it had children. Do what? So those are just the babies. Perhaps, perhaps, because you see, the Bagabushi is it has lived in lore for millennia. But I always wondered how it could be one creature, one creature. But what if, what if it has children, but only one survives to be the Bagabushi of the next generation? But perhaps, but no, there'd be way too many children. How could only one survive? I have, I'm purely perplexed by the situation. Maybe it's never been able to reproduce on this scale till now, given the recent events. Mm. Then what's changed? And he starts pacing back and forth on the uh, rope bridge. Oh boy, uh, is there it could any... be. That signal, maybe that signal is affecting it. What? Do you think it's possible that the, like the source of the signal, spurred this thing to like replicate? What signal? Do well, we not? Why don't you show, show him the signal, Mailer? Okay, so open up the little sound file with the the horrible horrible noise. The horrible I'll noise. My ears. All right. Well, the <laughs> he sort of freaks out like he was very disconcerted by it. And he, but he, he's, he's like, I had it, it. Let's not play that again, again. Uh, but I'm not. Uh, there have long been tales of the the cry of the Bagabushi and other mythological connections to sounds, essentially. Because I mean, it is attacking these flute trees. But I'm, I'm, I'm not entirely certain what you're, what you're suggesting that uh, could be happening now. Mm. Sorry. I left my ass off because I just remembered that I made apparently a slur last time. I tried to say Nagabushi. Yes, it's Bagabushi. Let's continue. 
Uh, let's bring it back in, guys. Bagabushi. I remember the last session, like the last five minutes of the episode was just me and you and uh, Marcus just laughed. That's correct. That's correct. Let's move on. All right. Um, so um, while they're having a discussion, I'm looking to see if I can possibly trace the direction that where these creatures were going. Um, roll me and investigate. Two. All right. Um, you can track some of the markings up the followed um, up the fallen tree to the north. Well, what are we waiting for? Let's head that way. Can we see any path heading that direction? No. This um, this particular ropeway ends like in a circular fashion around this flute tree. Are there any maps in the area? Like, can I look for a map? Uh, no. Right, are there any people to speak to? No, the people that lived here long gone. You have to remember these ropeways are built for people that aren't Chorians, because the Chorians can can go from tree to tree. So, you know, like not everywhere in this on this planet is is connected via via rope bridge. All right. Um. Where's right. your ship, Daniel? The ship is back at the uh, the main village. Is there any way you could make it like fly over us and scan the area so we can get like an aerial view? Uh, I don't think that technology has been invented, Brent. Uh, it, it, it you can't like autopilot it. I mean, it unfortunately I is not. Uh, no. I think even if there was that tech, the foliage like above. Would oh, be I'm too sorry, thick. his name's not Gerstall. It's Herwood Oaken. I apologize. All right, Herwood Oaken. Got it, Professor Oaken. That's right. <laughs> you killed How did, we like, did we catch that reference before? I don't think we did. I, I wish completely on that reference. Oh my god! All right, Mister Oaken. All right, so do you have any? I can't call the ship. That that technology doesn't exist. I can try to do a, a something else with the ship, like basically call the ship. Someone, I, I can contact someone to see if they'll go on the ship and search from there. But that's about the best I can do. All right. Uh, I say we're losing time that we valuably valuably need, and our best course of action will be to. Uh, go down to the surface floor, proceed towards the signal, and then uh, before it gets too dark every day, uh, like find a way to go back up into a tree where it's safe, and then camp out, and then just repeat the process until we get to where we're going. Because otherwise, we'll be walking in circles for weeks, maybe months, and I'm kind of tired of this place. Okay. What do y'all think? I'm fine with just pressing on. I mean, I'm a, I get paid one way or the other because I agree to go to this mission. So, the thing is, where are we gonna go? We're just gonna go um, down to the floor now, right? Yeah, like make a rope bridge or like a rope ladder, something going down, um, and then we'll take it with us. We'll proceed along the surface floor, being as cautious as we can. Um, hopefully, we have some way to tack. Like you, you probably have some way to to calculate like daylight through your wrist 
apparatus. And before it gets too dark every day, we'll we'll work a plan to get back up onto a walkway and camp out there, and just repeat the process until we get to where we're going. All right. Well, let's uh, let's see what what uh, how much time we have left. How much daylight? You got about half a day left. It's about about noon right now. Okay. So we we make uh, we'll spend the rest of the day making the rope ladder thing or whatever we're going to use, uh, figuring out a way to have. Dan will be able to shoot some kind of like attachment up a couple how how many well how many feet is it to the ground? Does anybody can anybody measure that? Uh, probably about Well we can I have a way to figure it out, but I mean four or five stories. Is it still dark down there like during the day? No, I mean it's it's shady. It's difficult to see, but it's not complete dark. Mm. We can drop like a little flare. Kind of get an idea. Well, I can tell you it's about four or five stories. Okay. So it's about like 50 foot. 50, 60, yeah. All right. Um, Daniel, do you have any method of like firing, like a grappling hook up 50, 60 feet? In theory, um, I have, okay. The rifle I brought, it's an auto, it's automatic, semi-automatic rifle with, I have a little grenade launcher on it, which is a concussion-based grenade launcher. So, if you can get something and tightly coil it in there, I can probably jerry-rig it into firing a cable. Okay. Uh, is, uh, is it possible to craft anything like that, Maylor? Do I? Yeah. Um, need some supplies, though. Right, is there anything we can scavenge from around here? For some kind of a rope, we'd need like uh, vines or some kind of foliage. We could kind of uh, you can probably scavenge some. Of, you can probably scavenge some of the broken rope bridge. Oh yeah, there's that too. I didn't want to like destroy the thing so we can't get back. Well, the one side is crushed by the falling tree, so I mean that side's pretty right. useless. So what do we roll for scavenge supplies then? You don't. I'll just say you can have it. Sweet. I would like to cool. uh, a crafts roll from from Maylor though to make him make this thing. All right. No pressure. Don't fuck up. Okay, I rolled a four. Nice. All right. Oh no, wait, no, that's uh, crafts, right? So yeah, that's actually a six. All right. So you make a pretty excellent uh, rope canister device thing. And the little and the little fork that attaches to the bottom of the the gun to hold the because it's got like a little weight hook that fires out of the grenade and then the rope unspools from the bottom of the rifle. Fantastic! Is this reusable? Right. Loaded into my grenade launcher. All right. All right. Let's see. This should this should work like a charm. All right. That spent most of that day, so I guess you guys will camp another night. I'll go ahead and say it goes pretty uneventfully. Um. And you guys begin trek northward, or which... I want to make a notice check. Which, which, I mean, which way are you guys headed? You guys headed straight north, trying to follow these tracks, or are you following the signal? Um, I think we should follow the signal. Personally, I feel like the although the tracks may lead north now, they may deviate towards the signal, so it would save time to go towards the signal. That's true. If it's truly connected, the beast might go back to the signal. 
That's where they originate. It, it may be with our nesting or whatever yeah. they do. Any input, Daniel? Not really. I mean, I think that uh, I don't have any input on this. I'm just trying to kind of keep an eye on what's going on around us because I don't want this, the Bagabushi to come down and get us, especially baby Bagabushi. Fair enough. Um, well, then maybe we should track them. That way we know uh, we can if, – if we track them north and we start going uh, like – I guess the latitude or longitude, like whatever that is, like adjacent, like perpendicular to the signal, and they are still deviating north or east away from the source, then we can safely assume that they're not going toward the nest and we can, or the, the signal, we can go towards the signal. If they are moving towards the signal, then we know for sure that they are at actually where the signal is. That's a good call. Seems logical. All right. Most logical. You guys descend descend from the platform and start heading uh, north then? Yes, sir. All right. Um, you're able to track them for um, most of the day. The sun begins to set uh, when you start to kind of lose track of where they were going because you were able to kind of track the sides of the trees from where they appear to be sort of navigating through the trees and then to the ground and back up to the trees like it's kind of all over the place. Wherever you could see small marks of destruction, you kind of understand where they were headed. Um, nothing nearly as focused as that flute tree, so it's really hard to say um, what's happening. Also, uh, our friend uh, Professor Oaken decided uh, to not to navigate the floor of the forest. Um, he decided to spend more time investigating the flute tree and head back to uh, Lamnat, where he uh, he will have the rest of the um, book if you do return. Do we have any like communicators? Sure, yes. I would we say have you have some up. communicators. I, I put them in my bag when we left the ship. I have right. walkie talkies, so I'm sure we gave one to him so that we yeah. can communicate him with needed. Sure. Well, I brought I brought three. So me, I have one. You have one, and uh, Mark has one. Well, I gave mine to him. That's probably not a good idea, but all right. Well, look, if we find my logic would be if we find something at this source, or or if we find something we need to, we need to ask his opinion or advice about. It's better to do that. Um, and y'all, I can to... link my risk communicator to that, and then um, we'll have something to communicate with. Sounds like a plan. Okay, sure. Okay, so um, as the sun begins to set, it becomes um, pretty impossible to track them. It's hard to tell if whether that's due to fading light or just the uh, up the swarm of whatever it is beginning to dissipate into different directions, um, or if it just settled. There, it's really becoming uh, the path it's taking becoming more and more vague. Um, but, uh, the sun is setting. Mm, I do not want to run across whatever that is in the dark. All right. Uh, do I, I'm going to roll notice and see if I can discern if there's any creatures in our immediate vicinity. All right. Roll me notice. I got a one. You do not notice, uh, if any creatures are in your immediate vicinity. However, your, um... Sixth Sense and Common Sense knows you're probably being tracked by some form of predator. Okay. Um, is there Wait, any way... That? So, we're what? being tracked? Likely. 
I mean, you are in on the floor of a jungle planet full with extremely large predators. I mean, it's more of a They're common sense thing. They're very good at what thing. they do. It's more of a common sense thing. Got the Wolverine joke, but let's continue. All right. Uh, so do we continue well, on we, through the night? I say we look skyward and see if there's any way to uh, get ourselves up to a safe place to rest and then work our way back down in the morning and continue. Because that's the whole reason we built the grenade launching rope thing. Okay. There are a few larger branches on some of these trees that you could perhaps get up to and fit multiple multiple people on. All right, so let's look for the, the closest one and uh, get up there. Agreed. All right, roll me a shoot skill, Dan. No problem. It does have to aim, and it's dark. Uh, I got a 2 plus 3, so a 5. Nice. All right, well, you nail that branch dead on with the rope. goes right over, swings over, grabs on, and you can climb up. I won't ask everybody to roll athletics to climb. I'm not Dan. <laughs> I don't think the professor would succeed very well. Well, no, he's, he's the, that's why he's just like, that's probably not good for me. So, um. <laughs> I don't even have athletics skill. Well, we'll, we'll tie a rope around you and just haul you up. All right, a good so, thing we're not doing that. Um, you guys are up on this tree branch. It's it's wide enough for the three of you to kind of sit on and kind of loungily sit on um, side by side without falling off. Okay. I'm going to uh, take my belt off and just tie my leg onto the branch of the tree. Okay. Just in case. All right. Wait, how how thick is this branch? Pretty thick. Well, three so... people can sit on it, I think. Like if you all, well, I'll be fine. If you guys all like I mean, sit all... like shoulder to shoulder at the base of the the branch, then there's enough room for you to sit. You know, sit there. Okay. All right. So we should be safe enough here. Let's um go to sleep. All right. Well, you don't want to set your uh, like robot thing out for a perimeter. Yeah, it's a good precaution. So I uh, put that into the side of the branch. I'll just keep first watch for a little while. Okay. Roll me a notice check once everybody else is asleep. I got two pluses and two blanks, so that's a plus two. Okay. Plus two. In the distance, as the night goes on, you hear um, Marcus's little primer thing. It goes, it kind of goes like a boop noise, and then way in the distance you hear a like a woo every time his pulses like and like whoop then woo so somebody responding to the booping potentially I'm going to wake Marcus up okay you wake Marcus up yeah what is it listen boop Ooh. what is that boop Boo. Sounds really close getting now. Getting closer. Boop. Boo. Nick, hey, wake up. Ready. Nick, do you hear that? Um, uh, did you wake me up? Yes. The perimeter alarm begins to sound, um, and you guys can hear something uh, moving through the underbrush down below you. Shit. Yeah, I agree. All right, I 
boop. Everybody just stay quiet. Primer goes boop. And he goes boop. I'm going to flip my night vision scope on. Okay. So, so is it the perimeter bot that's making the two noises, or is it something else responding to the noise? The perimeter bot's only making the boop noise. There's definitely something okay. below you that let out the big boop. Right. And that is different from the other sound the sound was making before, right? Yes. Before it was All like right. a trip. Yeah. Mailer, turn that shit off. Well, when Dan turns on his, uh, his nighttime vision, and if he looks below, he can see a very large creature. Um, with about, it's got three sets of legs, or three pairs of legs, um, going down. It's you know the side of its body. On the front of it, it has a large, wide mouth with like a trunk, trunk-like um, protrusion from the front of it, almost like it's a small elephant's trunk. Think, uh, damn, I can't think of what the creatures are called. Um, in front of like a very. Yeah, yeah, sort of like that length with a very uh, large, wide mouth. And um, it sort of is, begins scanning the area, and it looks up, and it, it, it sort of um, blows air out of its trunk, and it makes that noise. And it sort of sits, it, it just kind of keeps searching around, and then uh, eventually wanders off. All right, so I think the... Uh... What's that thing? I think the radar motion sonar detector thing is a bad idea. We should probably turn that off. All right, so I've turned off the signal. And alerted us to that thing. Okay. I I don't know whether it draw it drew it in or what. Well, I would I would assume since it was responding to the bleep that it was it might have thought it was its young or something like that. It was coming to investigate it because it was it was responding back. Um, but at least. This is wandering off, so we don't have to worry about it no more. Like, he's a big trunk creature. Like, did it look carnivorous? I I didn't have a chance to tell. It was definitely insectoid, but with a trunk. Uh, You don't know if it was insectoid. It had six legs. That, by Mm. definition, is insectoid. Uh, on in our reality, in this reality, there's fucking you know, space travel. Could be a mammalian. And okay, a, and a city planet the size of Jupiter. And a trunk. Yeah. I, I what was the approximate size of it? It could have been reptilian for all you know. Um, it was about I would say about twelve feet long. Probably stood six feet at the uh, the shoulders and waists. It was like twenty feet long. <laughs> it's a ginormo. It's huge. It's immense. I wonder. I wonder if we could mount it and then like lead it on with like some food in front of its mouth, like on a stick, and then just use that as transportation. Wow. Um. I would invoke your uh, self-preservation aspect. If uh, if you want to attempt to do that, because it was. Uh, it was more sarcasm than actual suggestion. Oh, well, I don't know. So what's the plan? Uh, well, I'm going to go back to sleep. Wake me up if there's any more drama. Okay. Who's who's going to stay awake or take watch or is somebody or nobody? or? I'm well, a little freaked out by this, so I'll be staying up for a little longer. Okay. Um, 
roll me a notice check again once everyone else has gone to sleep. Uh, plus two again. All right. Um, you get the odd sensation that you are being watched, but you don't immediately hear or see anything in your local perimeter perimeter. I'm going to hold my rifle up to my eye because that's pretty much the only place I can have the night vision is through the scope and I'm going to look around. You don't see anything. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sleeping tonight. I'm not going to be able to. All right. Well, the rest of the night goes pretty uneventfully other than the eerie sensation that you are being watched. Um, Dawn breaks. It's the plan. All right. I get up stretch. All right. Jesus. Who brought a chicken here? It's a large primordial chicken with 20 legs. <laughs> That's not creepy. So It's like a cockatrice. Yeah. Yes, whatever. Interesting. All right. All right well, uh, I guess we get going and continue on going north, right? Um, with better light, um, it is still incredibly hard to find the tracks. Obviously, what, what whatever you were tracking dispersed. All right. So there's multiple tracks leading in different directions. Yes. All right. Uh, do we? Can we try like? Uh, determine whether they're heading northwest, south, or east? Think of... Alright, so think of a straight line, which is basically you were tracking. Then what if that straight line exploded into 110 different lines, all fanning out in a forward direction? That's sort of what you're looking at. Alright, well, that'll actually make it easier to track things, because if we veer off the path a little bit, there should be more tracks... No, there would be fewer tracks, so they would be far further apart. Well, I meant like in a general, you have a larger area to find things. So if we move left or right somehow, then okay. we'll be, we'll let be me, eventually we'll see more tracks. Let me explain to you how you were tracking this so far. You were able to track this because this big mass of creatures was leaving destruction in its wake because it was in some sort of frenzy. It has since calmed and begun to travel back its separate ways. At, via normal modes of transportation. Okay, then. Uh, Milor, uh, what's our current uh, location in reference to the signal? Well, we're pretty close to it. It would probably be you know, half a day southwest, if I were to guess. From where you yeah, we're nearly are. there. All right. Do you all think we should start going towards the signal? Because the, the creatures seem to be dispersing. And it's going to be a little bit more difficult to track them. But if we continue going this direction, we may be able to term, like see on occasion like glimpses of their tracks, but it's not guaranteed. So It could be right. It's not in the same direction anymore, right? Or it's like the same parallel? Well, it's still, go it's still going north from what we can tell, but it's more spread out. So they seem to be no longer in... A, like a group or well, maybe they'll so, maybe we'll see some of them at the signal well then like if we continue north we may encounter some of them alone we might be able to figure out what they are that's not, that's good i would like to know i'm sure our buddy back at uh back in town would like to know too okay 
All right, so I guess I guess we're gonna continue going north, tracking as best as we can, and hopefully locating one of these creatures. And uh, so I guess we're sticking to our original plan of just going north until we are parallel to the signal, and then going. Well, you've passed the signal. the signal. We're past the signal now. Yeah, I it, you said would, that... it would be southwest at this point. So you've oh, gone okay. so well, far then... north, it's back south. Well, fine then. We're gonna go towards the signal then, because we don't we don't need to worry about these creatures. They're not going towards the signal. And the signal is what we're here for. Is it? We assume because it's got to do it's something relating to the things we've already experienced, and we're looking for the stupid ruined things that are written on the damn book or whatever the hell it was. Makes sense to me. Okay. So that's the way you want to head. Like I'd rather not be torn apart by vicious chimpanzee creatures. <laughs> All right. So you guys start heading back towards the signal. Uh, like I said, it's about half a day's travel distance from you. Um, as you get closer, um, something begins to seem off about the forest. Like, it seems to feel more alive, but not. Like, you don't see any creatures, but the um, trees and shrubbery seem... Like, there's there's actually supposed to be, like, an undergrowth, and there is... Like, the trees appear to be smaller and younger if you will like uh as you get closer to this center central area this is peculiar very okay um you keep traveling at the center of the um this area is a large tree um not unlike the other ones in the area but judging by how everything else around this area seems to have shrunk down around um, this area, like it seems like everything else seems younger, this tree stands out as a much older, much uh, denser tree, if you will. Like it, it, it's been here a while, a very long time. It's thick. Yes, very round. Insert penis joke. Mm hmm. Dungeons and dick jokes. Continue. <laughs> All right. So, uh, like, how are we able to walk around the tree pretty easily? Sure. I mean, you know, you wouldn't be able to, like, stand, like, you know, like, hold hand to hand and wrap around it. But, you know, you could walk around it. All right. And so this is where the, the signal's coming from? Is it? I don't know. Let's ask. Maylor. Yeah, this is uh this is where the signal seems to be originating from. Yeah, right. it's, it's where uh, the signal's originating from. Alright, so it's older than the trees around it. Does it look like the same like species? Hmm. Would you have knowledge of trees? Well, I'll ask Mailor then. Like scientifically, does this look like the same <laughs> species of tree? Genus as the trees around here. It's genus. It, it looks very different. Um, it does look different, but not a lot different. Like the bark appears to be thinner, flakier. Um, the limbs are more robust, but the foliage is less dense. Like uh, this could be a predecessor to the other species of trees. All right. Um, did you tell us how tall it was yet? It's huge. It's ginormous. I mean, you figure. All right. So we we can't see the top pretty much. No. 
well, you can't see the tops of most of the trees in detail around here anyway, because you were already sort of, when you went that last five to six stories down, you were already, you know, um, two-thirds of the way down the canopy. Okay. So you figure your average tree is about, you know, 20 stories high. All right. Does the more. the soil around the tree, like any, any of the roots... Uh, does that look any different than the soil that we've been accustomed to trekking through? The soil appears darker. Less trampled on. Okay. So do we think do we think creatures avoid this location? You might think that. I don't know what you think. Well, it's, it's less a question to you, a question to my compatriots. Okay. Sorry, could you repeat that? Do we... Like, do you think so? The, the soil here looks less disturbed than the rest. Uh, also, different coloring. Do you think creatures avoid this place? Does that, does that seem like a reasonable assumption? Yeah, I think that the signal probably keeps them away. It might be a safe place to stay for now. All right. So, do you think that the signal is coming from inside the tree? Like, there's some kind of contraption built, like that's that was stored somehow inside the tree. And we have to extract it. Like, should we cut the tree open? See if that changes the signal any? I mean, cutting the tree open could also like... have really bad ramifications. Say that again? I said cutting the tree open could also have very bad ramifications. I'm trying to change, so that's what I'm trying to ask you guys before I just jump into shit. All right. Is there any way to tell if they're hollow, if it's hollow? Like, if they, you know, to tell if there's something actually inside of it? Well, do you have anything on your wristwatch thing, like, that would emit a signal through there and then... Like sort of like that sonar that were, it would kind of penetrate the tree, then bounce around and send the signal back if it if it's hollow, that could right? Work. I only my only uh, worry is that it might attract something we don't want to deal with. Maybe we could just try it uh, quickly. I guess because the only other option is cutting it open. Okay, right, well let's see what we can find out. And then I like uh, stab the tracker or the, the the sonar thing into the side of the tree. Okay. Um, when you do that, you do, the tree is hollow, there is empty space inside the tree, but the thing that, uh, stands out more so than that is that the tree isn't comprised of wood. It re- it returns a, uh, signal similar to stone. So, is it a, is it petrified? Uh, upon immediate, pers- uh, inspection it does not appear to be petrified. Uh, well, uh, does your, does the sonar signal thing return any, anything besides dead space? Um, it returns that there is, there is obviously empty space inside the tree and that the tree, um, is made of a strong, rigid mineral like substance similar to stone or brick. Also, um, it also reveals that there's nothing around this tree for almost a square mile. Um, does, it penetrate, does it penetrate the earth any? Or is it just going like uh, our, like our, our level, I guess? I would say flat, like a flat disc at your level. Okay. Uh, that's interesting results. Is there it doesn't any... really tell us anything, though. Yeah. Like, do you think this works similar to the flute trees, then, where some kind of uh, like wind is coming through here and then instead of emitting a 
a sound. It's just emitting like the signal. Okay, I'll just talk to myself then. Uh, <laughs> can I notice if there's any way to climb up the tree? I mean, w- w- Nick, what are you looking for here? Because it's, it's it's just a big tree. I have no expertise on giant trees. Well, I mean, especially I'm, stone trees. I'm just I mean, looking for an opinion on what we should be we doing. We found the source of the signal. Like, should we like? I would say we should climb it. I think we should inspect it to see if there are any runes before we even touch this motherfucker. All right, so I guess we'll notice to see if there's any kind of writing on the tree then, right? Awesome. That would be my suggestion. Would everyone roll me an investigate? Two. One. Oops, hold on. Uh, Three. All right. Marcus finds what appears to be a circular protrusion on the side of one of the um, roots of the tree. Like, is it, okay, like a, so a it looks like it looks like a circle carved in the tree and we could say yeah there's like a knot in the center of it so let's go look at it see what it does it's about four inches across and there is probably about like a two millimeter gap in that with that circle is like around it like between it and the tree you mean well think Think the trunk of the tree, like uh, like a piece of wood. Then think of a circle carved in it, about four oh. and a half, five inches in diameter. Now, is it just like a ring, or is it like a like a, a full circle, like, like all the a, way through like the a, bark? Like a ring. So, like there is a circle, but there is material on the inside. Okay, I, don't know how to I get it. Describe this without giving anything away. Ooh. So. Can I? Pr- I'm gonna. I'm gonna put my hand on that circle and push it. All right. You press it. When you press it, you hear a staticky hum, then a click, and then for a brief second, all you see in front of you is a small church-like building built into the base of this tree, with everything around it empty, like it's a clearing, and then it all comes back. The fuck? Hmm. Is Mailer the only one that sees that? Everybody sees that when he presses the uh, quote-unquote button. So did like the tree move, or we just it, it just suddenly changed into that? It it sort of flashed like you were seeing something different, and then it came back. It was sort of like the vision we had when we looked in the book. Uh not quite as visceral. This is projecting some kind of a hologram maybe all right so did it disappear when he released the his press on the button like the pressure uh no i think uh as he presses the button it happens but then it sort of locks in and doesn't allow it to happen again okay huh, maybe one of you guys should try it all right um even though you just told me the button's pressed in. Uh, I don't think the character knows that yet, so he will also try to press the button. Uh, there, it won't. It don't. It won't. Uh... It, so it's stuck. It doesn't un- unstick. Yes. There you go. Oh, okay. okay. Damn it, Maylor, you broke it. I don't know, man. I just pressed the button. I didn't make All the right. button, so that's why it didn't work. Okay. So did everybody see that same thing? Like that church thing? Yeah, what? I'm, I'm perplexed. Um, okay. 
Um, can we recall, like, can you recall any, like, specific information that you saw about it? Like, any, like, where we where we are in relation to where the church would be? Like, were we inside of the church? Um, no, it was sort of like the, the thing you were pressing would have been, like, a pedestal outside the church. Okay. So, like, the church is built into the base of the tree, which would have been smaller when the vision flipped. So maybe this is a vision of the past? It could be. Um, what if we try to, inter- like, go into where the church would have been? Like, go into the doorway and, break- and make our way inside. Like, cut a cut an opening into the tree and see, because it's hollow, if we can get inside. You could try that. But as you approach the tree, it appears to be very solid. Oh. Hmm. Well, since this is a, a source of a signal, and we've got a completely opposite signal uh, recorded in your wristband, what happens if you play that? Huh. Maybe that would react with it. Let's try that, and I open the file and play okay. that sound again. Okay. Um, when you play that file, uh, you hear a large, like, and you hear, like, a small explosion. Um, come from somewhere in front of you but at that point the illusion fades and you are now in a clearing Um, there appears to be no brush no shrubbery no anything and about uh, you know mile radius around you from this one tree with a stone building built into the base of it lovely let's go exploring okay loading my right I'm putting it around in the chamber. Oh, this should be good. All right. Yeah, I pull my weapons out just in case. Um, so, you guys gonna like look at it? Or are we going inside? Or what are we doing? Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm heading in. Wait, it looks just like a, a stone building, right? So, nothing special. I don't know. You guys didn't really look at it. Fine. I will. Oh, you there inside now? It's too late now. Oh. No, he's already inside. I'm gonna investigate the outside of the building. All right. Uh, it appears to be a normal stone stone building, nondescript. Fuck stone you. Building. Fuck you. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you, Brett. Yeah, seriously. Uh, <laughs> um, inside is an array of technological devices. Um, like you see, um, if Marcus looks real close, you'll see what appears to be some sort of uh, energy manipulation and uh, like uh, hard light emitting projector um, a ton of various uh, devices with all sorts of readings but what really stands out is in the center of the room appears to be a rectangular object about six and a half feet long about four and a half feet wide with a glass dome on top is it normal glass or just like glass glass it's magic glass it's very thick glass from what you can see from where you're at i go i move move towards the glass dome all right inside of it joe would you care to describe your character if he's still there he probably probably bored him to death like fuck this shit i'm out joe 
Unless he didn't unmute himself. There's that. Damn. Ruin my moment, Joe. Damn it, Joe. What? Joe, would you mind to describe your character that they have just found in a rectangular thing in the base of the tree? He he fell asleep. Yeah, sorry, miles away. Uh, About 5'11", silver hair, kind of angry look on my face. It's permanently etched there. Not too muscular, kind of skinny. Lanky. Clothing. Really plain. Oh, shit. Clothing, apparent weaponry. Uh, just like a black robe type outfit, almost duster like, and a few guns, and one really weird looking green gun, and it's very intricate and strangely designed. Okay, that is uh, Joe's character. Who could this mysterious person be? Who knows. We'll find out on the next episode of Dragon Tune in, tune in on the next, next episode, episode of Dragon, Dragon Ball Z. Z. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Well, we'll find out on the next episode. Let me pull up our sexy, sexy outro music here. Let me get the thing and press the thing. Where's the thing at? Oh, God, I can't find it. There it is. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of The RPG Show Presents. You can visit our home on the interwebs at therpgshow.com. The the part is very important. You get wigs and shit. It's not really important. You don't want to go there, but you want to go to our website. There we have forums. Come talk to us. We're lonely. Love you, Anderson. All right. What else? You can follow us on Twitter at The RPG Podcast. Um, there's probably other stuff you could do. You can send us an email, podcast at therpgshow.com. You could send us check us out on podbean yeah check us out on podbean that's the thing i don't know if this feeds up i don't know i'll have to get it up there who knows that's all i gotta say until next time say goodbye everybody bye everybody but i'm like an hour i'm like when are we gonna meet joe's character